Ever wondered why some people seem to zoom ahead in their career, getting promoted seemingly every year, while the rest of us remain stuck in our place, begging for promotions that come maybe once in three or four years? Those are the rules your manager might tell you. But yet, these rules don't seem to apply to some kinds of people. And you feel jealous. What do they have that you don't? And also maybe a little bit anxious because maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. Maybe you're doomed to remain on the slow track forever. Is this all that there will be? Hi there, this is Amit, back again with another episode of Job Talk. Today we're having a chat with Aviana Elizabeth Audrey or a Vivi, as she is known to pretty much everyone. Vivi is the recently promoted GM for Grab Food in Bandung, Indonesia. And her short but stellar career so far is exactly the kind of example I was talking about. In just about, I think, three or four years, she's managed to make her way from intern to GM in a tech company and without even having a tech background. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? A early career Amit would have been obnoxiously green with envy. So, we're going to quiz her today on how she made it happen. Is it all like voodoo magic or maybe connections? Or is there something actually actionable that we can all adopt and learn from in order to accelerate our own career the same way that she has shaped hers? Let's find out. But just before we start, a couple of quick reminders. First, if you like what you hear, please consider following or subscribing so you don't miss new episodes as they come out. We have a lot of great guests who make up for the not-so-great host and a lot of exciting material coming up that I'm sure you won't want to miss out. Also, a full transcript of the show is available at crazytalk.online. So don't worry about taking notes. You can just read it all later. So, Vivi, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we begin, would you like to introduce yourself and share a little bit of your career journey so far so people get a sense of how far you've come and how fast? Sure, sure. Thanks, Amit, for having me. This is really a great pleasure to be here. And hi, everyone. So my name is Aviana Elizabeth Audrey, but people do call me Vivi. So I'm actually an Indonesian, but I actually went to Singapore when I was 15. So I got a scholarship under the ASEAN scholarship and that's when things changed for me. So initially, like I went there for uh, to pursue my studies uh, from secondary school, junior high school, and after that, like I pursued like design degree in LaSalle College of the Arts. And not long after that, like I do actually have a good opportunity at Uber, and that's also like when I met you, Amit. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been around like five years ago where I first get a taste of working in a tech company where I think previously it was it was really like a new thing for me. I came to Uber with just bringing a netbook and I didn't know like how do I actually work in this super hectic schedule where everyone is just so busy with meetings and etc. But I try to just keep up and do what I can and give my best as well. Yeah, and that's also like when I started to discover things. I started to develop myself in a lot of skills, be it like practical things, hard skills, soft skills. That's when I get to know more about like tech in general. Yep. And not long after that, I think I also got a chance to meet a lot of great people who became like my mentors afterward. They actually do introduce me to like a lot more, you know, like a broader 
picture of like what tech is all about. So from then, I actually explored to like other startups from educational background and then from cybersecurity. And then wow. now here I am. I'm at Grab. Right. I think at Grab, you became a GM, I think, of one of the biggest cities in Indonesia. And that was just a f- couple of years maybe after joining, right? Yeah. So I actually joined Grab in 2018. And then I started off as a strategy and planning lead for Surabaya. As, and, and then like not long after that, I got promoted to strategy and planning manager. And then when there's an opportunity uh, arises in Bandung, when they are looking for a GM, then I applied for that. And yeah, so here I am as general manager for Bandung. Right. And in fact, I think you mentioned to me that you were, it's almost as if at the time when you applied to become the GM of Bandung, you had actually prepared yourself to be the best candidate. Yeah, I did. <laughs> to be that GM. And in fact, that might make a good, I mean, a good segue into actually understanding from you what are these factors that made you into such a good candidate and how did you actually plan these last few years so that you were able to actually make such a rapid growth in your career? So I guess like when I first joined Grab, I didn't have much to expect. Like I didn't even imagine myself being a GM back in the days, right? So when I first joined Grab, I was just looking for, I would like to challenge myself, in fact. So my background was even like in the previous startups, like even in Uber. So my background was more into like operations and I did like a little bit of sales here and there. And I did like business development as well but I have no exposure towards like strategy data, but I do get to see people like working in strategy and it looks fun. So even during meetings in my previous companies, I always got fascinated, you know, when people talk about data, how they actually make decision through data. So that's when I actually wanted to challenge myself when I first applied to Grab. So I told my, my referrer back then that I would like to challenge myself in data. So would there be like any opportunity there in Grab? So there was this position like strategy and planning lead. So I just applied for that. So in the beginning, I was just expecting myself to survive in that role because it's all new things, right? Like about, I didn't even know like, how do I do forecasting, uh, budgeting, or even like, um, maybe like I know a little bit about like competition and study, but I didn't know like, how do I actually make that into a useful insight or maybe making decision out of it. Mm. So I just learned by doing and I, I'm i really thankful that uh, my manager was guiding me through throughout that journey. And yeah, so I think like when time passes, I just like learn by doing and I keep challenging myself like from one step at a time. And then when from that, I do actually learn like one, uh, you know, like a few things here and there. One of the things that I learned is also like about people, man- uh, man- managing like people or managing stakeholders. So those are one of the biggest challenges, I think, when I first jumpstart my career in this, uh, in Grab. And uh, I just did like my best back in the day. And then like, oh, maybe like one thing that perhaps helps me to stand out among my peers is that like I do take ownership in everything that I do. Because I believe that uh, without ownership that I'm just doing things out of, you know, obligation, right? That's not fun. So yeah, so I take it took ownership in my in the projects that I do, and I'm not quite satisfied with the status quo. 
So I usually would speak up like in meetings, be it like in internal meetings or maybe like in, in bigger forum as well with the leadership. What I thought would be great for us to try out to innovate um, or maybe like some great ideas that I have in my mind. So yeah, throughout all those, I started to find myself to discover more about myself as well, where I'm good at and also like definitely areas for me to grow. And that's also like when I started to have like a more, a deeper conversation with my manager to ask about like, what are my opportunities and what are my career development plan in this company? So it was actually a bold conversation that I asked my manager back in the day because yeah, to begin with, like I'm nobody. So I learned by just taking chance on myself. So I do ask this question like to my manager and that's when I started to know like what are the steps needed for me to climb up like the ladder in this company. And I still remember like my manager told me like um, a bunch of few things, but in order for me like to reach, I mean, to become a GM back then, I need to learn about PNL. So back then I was just learning about some matrices, metrics, right? And I, I didn't know like much about how do I manage like the whole PNL for the whole city. So I learned that. And number two is also like delegation. So I remember during my performance review, I always get this feedback a lot from my peers that I need to balance my time well between work and life. And then, but actually the root cause is actually because I didn't trust my team enough or maybe like I just enjoy doing things, doing everything like by myself. Yeah, that's when I started to realize as well that in order for me to, you know, to grow, I start to thinking about delegation and also like grooming the team. Yeah, so I think like those are some of the things that I learned along the way that shaped me who I am today. Right, so thanks for that, Vivi. So if I just recap a couple of points here. One is you took the initiative to go to your manager and say, okay, what does it take for me to become a GM? Yes, I did. <laughs> Which actually is, is amazing because nobody does that. I mean, hardly anybody does it, if at all, people might say, okay, how do I get promoted to the next level? Maybe people mm -hmm. ask that, but nobody asks, how do I become whatever three levels above what I am today? And that is a fantastic learning. And thinking back on my own career itself, I don't think I ever, I mean, I know for sure I never did that. And I think that would have definitely made it a much more roadmapped way of getting to, you know, wherever you want to get, assuming you know what you want, right? And it looks mm -hmm. like you knew what you wanted. And it's also interesting that you had a supportive manager who basically sat down with you and said, okay, to do this, you need to know PNL, you need to have stakeholder management, and you need to be able to delegate. And some of mm -hmm. this was, of course, coming through your feedback as well. And then you took that feedback and you made something of it. Essentially, you checked it off, which is fantastic. The other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit more, which you mentioned at the start, which is that you wanted to get things done and speak up and you were not satisfied with the status quo. So, you know, if you found some area of improvement, you would try to do that. How did you find that experience? Because you're, like you said, well, within quotes are nobody, but uh, <laughs> let me say that essentially you were fairly junior and fairly early in your career and saying things like, okay, we need to improve this, we need to fix that. So how was that received or how did you present these kinds of arguments? That's an, a very good question then. And I think like I'm really grateful like for for all the managers that I had before and who really like provided me with this platform or even like giving me the opportunity to else to also like speak up. 
I think like this is one of the things that I learned about tech company as well, that everyone is welcome to actually voice out like what we think. And there is this empowerment given by the managers to for us to also like voice out what we think is great, uh, what we think is could be better. So I think like I learned this even during my time in Uber. So if, if uh, during my time in Uber, I was just an intern, right? But I think like I got appreciated a lot by my managers when I actually speak out my mind and then like when I suggested things. So from there, I started to build my confidence even more. So even when when in Grab, I think it comes almost like naturally for me to to just voice things out. And maybe like there's also part of me that feels that, oh my goodness, this task is taking me so much time. Just if, let's say, we could just improve one thing, then perhaps like my life could be easier. Right. <laughs> so <I feel> like <laughs> it comes down like from those silly reasons that yeah, I... Yeah, very good incentive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so how did you feel the first time when you, it's one thing if you're used to it and then you continue to, you know, speak up, that's okay. But you mentioned that in tech companies and maybe growth companies, people have the opportunity to speak up, but not everybody does. So how did you bring up the courage or whatever to speak up the first time or how did you feel? I still remember this time when I, it was like the first big forum meeting that I was in. And I think like what encouraged me or maybe like give me the courage to speak up is because I got called out. <laughs> I got called <laughs> in a meeting. I need to answer for um, the metrics that show up in the deck. So yeah, so I think that is the the one thing that started me, that got me started. There is no choice but to answer, right? So mm-hmm. that's the thing. But I think along the way, I started to observe people as well. How do they actually answer in meetings? Or maybe they speak up even without nobody asking. Yeah, so so I think like I learned by observing people as well. And other than that, oh, I learned like little tips and tricks from my manager here and there as well during my one-on-one that if I wanted to stand out, I need to also like make an impression, make people know that what I think is what I'm thinking. And I learned this also like from my ex-colleague back then that, you know, like usually in tech, people are all smart. People have bright ideas, you know, like brilliant ideas. And I mean, like there are good chances where the same idea is being thought of by a lot of people. But actually, who would actually make the impression or voice it out is just one out of, you know, like the tens of the people who thought of the same way. So be that one person, because if you are not that one person, then nobody knows that you have that thought and nobody can assess your capability like base just by like being silent and just keep your thoughts to yourself. I think that's kind of selfish as well. But yeah, so basically like I tried to, you know, develop my confidence as well along the way. But actually the first thing that got me speak up is being get, yeah, getting called out. <laughs> being picked on. But <laughs> being uh, picked on, correct. <laughs> but I, I think you make a valuable point. Often it's not the smartest idea that is getting people recognized. Like you said, a lot of people have these ideas. Most of this is not some rocket science impossible thing. Exactly. But many people have the idea, but somebody has to say it. And if nobody says it, then that will never get done. And it is a fact of life that the person who has the guts to, or the visibility to be able to say this, is the one who gets ahead. And I think that's fair because they know what they're talking about, like many people do, but they also are willing to stick their neck out and take the risk of saying it. Yeah. And so therefore, 
taking that risk is important in order to position yourself as a future leader. Yeah, so I think that's great, uh, Vivi. It's a good tip for everyone. I also wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, this feeling everybody has that the people who get ahead are the ones who've done the most networking or have the best connections. So do you have any any thoughts on that? Because I know you're a fairly, like you're a person who did connect with a lot of people and do reach out and stuff like that. So what do you think on this topic? Oh, I'm so glad that you feel so because to be honest, <laughs> in the beginning, I felt so left out. Like I'm this Indonesian girl, you know, like who just sitting like at the corner of Uber office back then. I didn't know like anyone and even like for me, it was a huge challenge to actually, you know, like even start out like a conversation. So I think networking to me is not something that that comes really naturally like to me because like I don't know like how to even like start a conversation with a colleague, you know, that or maybe like someone that I don't work closely with. But when I started to work in this tech company, I think everyone is, I mean, like I got a lot of like help also from the people around me. So they themselves are quite friendly. So what I did is just building like genuine connection with them, like just getting to know them as colleague, as a friend, uh, without like a, a very aggressive agenda to actually, <laughs> yeah, to, to get to know, to, to tap onto their network whatsoever. No, to me, it's, I, I just started to get to know them uh, better, just to exchange ideas or even like I could just ask them for lunch and then just pick up their brains, you know, like so once in a while to know like what they are doing and yeah, be invested in in what they are interested in as well. So I think that's the beginning of like how I started to make like, you know, the so-called network. But eventually like I started to see there is this habit in tech people whereby we can just book anyone's calendar to do like a one-on-one. So that's what I learned from tech. I think tech people, they are so friendly and they just reach out to people without having that barrier, that feeling, is this too awkward to reach out to people to ask what they do? Yeah. So even like in Grab right now, like I once in a while I do this like donut thing. <laughs> this it is actually like a matchmaking kind of like um, bot that okay. connect us with people from other department. So yeah, I built my courage as well, like to reach out to them and say, oh hey, we have been match by this donut app (laughs) so so might as well we just like get to know each other better we didn't talk about like work much but we talk about like what they do what they are interested in and once in a while like we also talk about like what kind of project that they are currently doing Mm. and that's when i started to be able to learn about what they do and they are also like able to learn what i do and then like along the way there are like a lot of collaboration happening you're just in between that conversations even though like some, I mean, like most of the time, like our ideas is one shot ideas, right? Which are not top priorities, but sometimes like just by building real connection with people, they are, yeah, they are the best like networking that I have so far. Yeah. So this is interesting. So Vivi, essentially you're saying, first of all, networking doesn't come naturally to you, but the way that you do it is not really networking. You're just reaching out to people to make friends and to get to know them better. And the work is secondary. And that's a really good piece of uh, advice, I think, for everyone. Because the concept of networking makes it feel like a high-pressure thing. I mean, I remember when, long back when I used to run my own startup, I used to go for these networking meetups. And it was so awkward because you were there and everybody else was there with basically the same objective in mind, which is, 
how do i find some investor to listen to my pitch and exactly it's very <laughs> high pressure so and if you're not an extrovert or really that interested in just striking up a conversation it's actually quite difficult but your point is that i'm just getting to know you as a person just for fun which is wonderful mm. i think that's a really good way of of approaching this and that's also why people then want to help you later right because they know you as a person versus somebody who just wants to yes. get some work out of you so exactly yeah and actually by getting by knowing them like personally on personal level right it helps me to ease off like during big for a meeting because i know that who is the person that i'm speaking and in, in that meeting but while compared to like if i do know them like in person then i would thought that oh they are they are their titles so by knowing them like personally i think it's it helps me also like to speak up like in big forum meetings yeah that's a really nice way of putting it you're getting to know the people versus their titles so it's not just a walking title it's actually exactly. a person <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good one i also wanted to touch on one point that you mentioned to me i think few weeks back which is you're not from a tech background yet you've somehow found your way into tech companies and have been very successful there so how did you even start out getting opportunities to work in tech like did that involve any level of networking or how did you do that oh yeah so i think i'm really really grateful that you know like throughout my careers it's actually my almost like all the good opportunities that i got in my career is actually through like a good you know someone putting like good words for me so for example like when i first got into uber it was also like my friends were um, my friends were referring me to for the yeah the so called gig back then it was just like a summer internship but yeah so i got in there and then with when i jump around like a few companies it was also through like my referrals um i didn't i didn't know like much about uh good opportunities because maybe like because of my background right so i studied design and yeah i think like pretty much in tech in design i mean like i don't get like a lot of um good advantage and in getting the hr to look at my resume so yeah so i think like my network i would put it that way like yeah helped me a lot in advancing in my career or actually maybe it's not advancing but at least get in front of the door getting in exactly so how did you build that network like how did you know people who worked in tech companies or how did you build that i think it's really like i was not someone who really intentionally like add someone on linkedin and hey could you give me a referral but it's really like through my closest friends or people that i know uh, along the way or maybe like people that i share interests with So yeah so I think like it's it, it comes naturally I make friends with them or even like when I got into Grab it was my ex manager in Uber so I met him I didn't report to him even but I knew him and then I just you know greet him every time like I meet him <laughs> and then yeah so pretty much like I get I built like that connection naturally but it turns out to be like a good advantage for me because like they knew me and they see my work and yeah so I think that's a good advantage as well by having a good friends in all sectors not just in tech yeah which i think is going back to the same point which is getting to know people as people and then by the way it working out in terms of work or in terms of job referrals and so on thanks for that i think all of the stuff that you shared just now on networking and connecting with people i think is is very helpful i really do think networking as a word is uh, very annoying it makes it sound much you know bigger or worse than it actually needs to be 
so mm. thanks for clarifying that point i think one question i have now so you know we've talked about the different things that you did to get to this point and now you're a gm of a reasonably large city in indonesia so what are where do you see things going now what are some of the maybe challenges or learnings that you feel that you need to have now to progress again further i think as a gm i actually step up into like a new horizon i didn't know like i thought previously when i was still an snp lead or manager right i thought that oh okay so i acquire a bunch of like new skills and i get i'm already like comfortable with managing pnl i do have like yeah even though like it is a small team but i do manage people i manage my stakeholders so i thought that i could just like crush it you know like as a gm <laughs> but <laughs> little did i know that when i step up as a gm i think that a lot more responsibilities also like a lot more pressure i think because like your team is bigger so i started off like oh, when i was in snp i think snp referred to like as a small team right it's like three people three or five people back then and now i'm actually leading like um, almost like 100 people in wow. my organization so that's a lot that's so that's a huge people. step up <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so five so from, yeah, from five to 100 but anyway the the extent of like people management is also like expanding not just managing like a fresh grads but i do manage like people who are even more senior than me and then like in terms of like stakeholders I, right now like i'm not only liaising with the sidelines i would say but with senior leadership and how do i actually manage their expectation as well and yeah so basically like there are a lot of like new things that i started to learn as a gm and not only that even my challenge back then in terms of delegation it got like amplified even <laughs> more because right now like i do a lot of things basically like anything under the sun because like when i manage a city then i need to know like almost everything that is happening in the city but at the same time i can't do it alone so i need to trust my team at the same time like grooming them and also like managing like stakeholders expectation against me my team and yeah for the city as well yep so i think that's pretty much like um the challenges that i'm facing right now and i'm still like working on myself also like on developing my skills in that particular areas i wanted to drill down on one point if you don't mind which is mm -hmm. you know you mentioned something about how you're now managing people some of whom are older than you or at least have more uh, experience yeah how do you handle that because it's an interesting problem i personally have not done a lot of that sometimes yes mm -hmm. they are maybe slightly older than me but not too many people and not by a lot but in your case, it is quite possible that many people are a lot older than you or more experienced than you. Yeah. So, so how do you actually handle that? Or any tips for other such, you know, managers who are young, who may be facing the same situation, which I'm, I'm sure there are many such people. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned about it, I started to realize, yeah, I do actually, all my direct reports, they're all older than me here. And they are, they have even like, in fact, they have been in the company like much longer than I have been. So I think it took me like quite a while to get used to like this new environment. While previously when I was in uh, still in Surabaya, I'm managing like younger people, they're fresh grads. So I'm I get more confident as well, right? As I teach them, I know that I'm more experienced in a way. But now that I'm managing like more senior people, so I do actually ask this question to the previous manager before me. I ask like how do they manage their team 
and how what kind of advice that they would give me as you know relatively like young leader. So I think one good advice that he gave me is that you should treat them as a great asset because more likely they they do have like a view, they have perspective, they have the experience that are wider than what I had because they've been there longer and they have worked like maybe like different industries as well. So the first thing, the first approach that I did is that I listened to them. I do not instruct much. I didn't do much of like micromanaging that I used to do like with my previous team back in the day. But I do hear what their thoughts are, what is going on in their mind, or maybe like just looking at like their working style. So that's when like I started to see where I can plug myself in to add value. So my job here is not changing like who they are because more likely like they know better than me, but seeing myself like where I can actually help them to grow their team or maybe to support them better. Yeah, so I think because as a leader, I mean like in my position, even though like I'm new, uh, newer, right? Like in the market as well, what I could bring in is really like the, what they call it, like the thinking and also like the support that I could give them. Not so much about like the operational stuff, you know, the teeny weeny things that they already like comfortable with doing. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is quite interesting. So essentially, you don't get into the details of their work because the assumption is that they know their work. You actually take their advice and guidance because they have a broader perspective sometimes. And what you're trying to do for them is maybe more alignment, removing blockers, you know, helping them understand the direction, how they can align with that and and things like that. So it's more about the team versus the changing the individual, like you said. Yeah, really good. Actually, I think mostly what people want is to be acknowledged for what they bring to the table. And essentially, that's what you're offering them which I think is a really, uh, I think it's a really good way of going about things. So thanks for sharing that. Sure, sure. And actually just to add on that point, right? So after a while, like they do appreciate me for listening to them as well. And they they feel that they are being heard and their thoughts of, you know, like their ideas are being heard of. And after a while, they started to see like where I can actually add value from what they thought are already like good enough, right? To help out, to get their teams running. And actually, without me realizing, they are the one who actually approached me for advice or even like, could you give me like, what is your thoughts on this? Because I know that from your track record back then, like in Surabaya, perhaps they see that you can do things like differently and more efficiently. Yeah, so they do ask me like about when they feel comfortable. But in the beginning, like I'm just really here to listen and yeah, clear blockers for them and set the direction, right? Yeah, perfect. Thanks a lot, Vivi. This is really good insight. So I think as a last question, maybe, do you have any advice to share with others who might want to follow in your footsteps or maybe what you might have done differently, which, you know, they don't have to repeat the same mistake? Right. Okay, so maybe like just before going on to that advice thingy, right? Perhaps like I would actually offer this question to those who are interested to become a GM, to really reconsider whether or not GM is actually a path for you. Because even when I asked my manager back then about how can I become a GM, right? So before that conversation happened, so I was actually being offered like by the two paths, which is what is exactly that I'm looking for? Or maybe like what kind of career, what kind of future that you are thinking for yourself? 
So I was given like two options, either to become like a specialist or to become like more a generalist. And both are actually good options because like both are advancing my career, but it's just in the in opposite direction. And back then, like I was quite sure. That's why like I said it like out front that I want to become a GM because I love people. I like to invest my time in grooming people. So that's why I chose the GM path. But for those people, perhaps like uh, who enjoys like going deep into like a more a specialty role, still you can still like manage people, but at the same time, like your scope of work is actually kind of focused more into like a specific roles, specific function. So yeah, that could be like an option as well. Because like, I think when I become a GM, I started to realize that I started to lose the excitement of doing things personally. Because like, yeah, again, I signed up for becoming a people manager, right? I'm managing team. So that's when I started to realize as well that becoming a GM is, yeah, there is like things that I had to let go. So for example, like I, I'm not involved in a lot of like hands-on stuff anymore. So when I see the results, it's more towards like celebrating my team's success. No longer I, but <laughs> us like doing things together. And yeah, and for those of you maybe like who loves to do those kind of things, being more hands-on and you do things like you run projects, you run experiments. So yeah, perhaps like GM might not be like the, the things that you're looking forward to. But aside from that, I think another advice that I would like to give for people who are interested to become a GM is, yeah, just be ready with what's going to come with the title and the responsibility because you will be managing a lot of people. And I think the complexity comes also like when you are working with people of different background, people with different like working style. So you have to adapt. So I think this is also like another thing that I learned along the way as a leader that we ha we have to be like uh, more adaptive and more flexible with the team that we are working with because we are here to empower them, not to change them in how do we want them to be. Yeah, so I guess like those are the things that I learned and I hope that people who are considering to become a GM should have like these thoughts before signing up for this and maybe like regretting later. <laughs> regretting later. <laughs> not so, regretting, but you know, like <laughs> not knowing what comes with the package. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand. Also, I think as GM, also the, the buck stops with you, right? I think if you're more junior or maybe if you're a specialist, ultimately you're like the person who does one thing and you know, that one thing builds up to the overall business. But as the GM, you're the person leading the business. So therefore, you don't have excuses. <laughs> Whatever happens is on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so most of the time is a combination of setting direction and then like catching up with the team. And most of the time it's also like on fighting fires. <laughs> <laughs> and a explaining. lot of fires. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So uh, Vivi, this was a fantastic conversation. I, I really enjoyed this whole thing. I think I learned a lot of things as well and I'm hoping our audience has done that as well. I just wanted to summarize what we discussed just so people have something to take away. So first of all, we started this chat by talking about how people think there's some magic or networking that is responsible for people's success. But it's pretty clear in listening to you that that isn't all of it. And first of all, there's no magic <laughs> and there is some networking, but not that's not the whole thing. So it seems to me like, you know, there were four things that people could focus on in order to get noticed and hence get ahead, at least in the early part of their career. So first is to have a goal or to be intentional. 
so figure out where you want to go and what it takes to get there so you can position yourself as like you said the best candidate for the role and this is super important because i think hardly anybody does this they want to get ahead i wanted to get ahead for example but i didn't really know where exactly i wanted to go so there was no plan road map nothing it was just okay let's just go promotion by promotion and if you do it that way i suppose this is is not the fastest way it might show you a lot of different things so you learn a lot of stuff but it doesn't take you quickly to where you might want to go if you already know you know what your goal is second point is a drive to improve so don't just be satisfied with whatever's happening highlight areas for improvement have the boldness to to speak up bring solutions go beyond your comfort zone go beyond your role and make it happen third point is on the connections so yes you need to build connections but this is not about the formal networking or name dropping look i know x i know y exchanging name cards <laughs> yeah exactly so it it's not that the main point is getting to know people as people and and making friends and doing it even if it doesn't come naturally so once you start doing it you'll just get more comfortable with this whole thing and as you get to know people as you know not their titles they will be more likely to help you both in the company and with future opportunities like has happened with you and the last point is to be open to learning new things and challenging yourself so you've had a bunch of experiences every experience is valuable so take every opportunity as a way to move forward and challenge yourself so in your case you weren't comfortable with data but you chose to get come into an snp role which is 100% about data <laughs> so so that's great and people should be looking to do that if they want to achieve their respective goals and i think as a bonus tactic at least my learning was if you want to become a business head then taking a role in snp strategy and planning might be a pretty good shortcut <laughs> because you learn yeah. the business without doing it yeah so that that's great exactly so once again vivi really appreciate you being here with us thanks a lot no thanks so much amit for having me i think it's been great yeah this is the first time like i'm doing this as well but it's been great like catching up with you and also like share uh, perhaps like my experience totally loved having you and for everyone listening thank you so much for tuning in do remember to follow or subscribe and if you liked what vivi shared then please show your appreciation with a five star rating on apple or spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast so we were amit and vivi with job talk see you next time